Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 50th episode of Tales of Tamriel. This is going to be a big episode this week, uh, like really big. Um, in case you didn't know, I'm Agelos, your host this afternoon. And I did actually want to say it's, it's kind of neat, and I thought about this. Um, tomorrow, which is January 26, is one year ago tomorrow we recorded episode one of Tales of Tamriel. It, can, it was live on the 27th, because I always do a day between. But yes, uh, one year ago tomorrow is our one year anniversary since our first episode. So, yay! Um, happy anniversary. <laughs> happy anniversary to us, yes. Um, it's been it's been a great year. Oh my goodness, it's it's been so good. And um, it's I don't, I don't even know what else to say, so. Um, all right. Well, today <laughs> I'm losing all my words here. Today we have uh, some guests with us today. You probably heard one of them on there, and you may know her from around the interwebs as the nicest person in the world. That's right. That is Eloa. How are you today, Eloa? I'm very fine, but you're exaggerating. It's becoming a big rumor that he has said off the internet, not the world. That's <laughs> true. She's not Mother Teresa yet. Not Mother Teresa yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> And that other voice you heard, yes, that is right, the man running the stream, and the guy who just went out and bought a PS4, so now he has two ESO accounts, that is Deltia of Deltia's Gaming. How are you today, good sir? It's a good day to be live. Excellent. And uh, Thais, she will be joining us shortly. Um, we have a special plan today for the dramatic reading, which will be a lot of fun. So sit tight, and when we get to that, it'll be great. I did want to say, though, first off, that this episode is brought to you in part uh, by generous donations of several members, one of them being Alexander S., as he donated to us like a week or two ago. And since we didn't have internet at all last week, which was rough, trust me, uh, I did want to say thank you so much to him for his donation and uh, so glad that we're able to provide you with shows that help you get through your day. Um, I also actually want to take the time to say a big thank you to the community as a whole. As most of you guys know, after the news that came out this week, um, we had made a decision to discontinue this podcast. 
And I, I explained this on Reddit and a few other places. And, you know, this wasn't really a knee-jerk reaction from us. We had made our stance clear before in past episodes. Anytime we talked about free-to-play or buy-to-play. Uh, most recently, we did so in episode 48. Um, so when the news came out for us, this was more of a resigned decision. Going, yeah, this is what we're going to do. However, we got so many messages, phone calls, emails, Reddit messages, tweets from fans all over the place, um, you know, all very supportive and, and wanting us to, you know, keep the show going and, and see how it goes. And honestly, because of the over, overwhelming reaction that we got, that's why we're keeping the show going. I know I myself, I wasn't really planning on stopping playing, but I was going to kind of go into lurking mode and watch. But uh, we decided now that we'll keep the podcast rolling and we will continue to bring you news and our gameplay um, until Zoss either fails to uphold the amazing standard that they have so far, and, or they completely prove me wrong, in which case then I will eat my words. I'm fine with this, though. But I do want to say thank you so much to all the loyal fans. You guys make all this worth it. We love you guys. You're the best. So, uh, all right. Let's go ahead and we're going to move right into game news. There was a lot of game news this week. Um, or we have about two weeks worth of game news. So I'm going to kind of skip over some of it or just briefly touch on it because we have a big discussion topic today. So first off, there were two Loremaster archives this week, which are um, Loremaster Archive Raymond II, The Limits of Ambition, as well as Loremaster's Archive Trail and Tide. If you're interested in checking out either one of these, Loremaster's Archive Raymond II, I read this like two weeks ago when it when it came out. This is really cool because it talks about Raymond II and the decline of the Second Empire. It's a really neat book. Other than the fact that the book was written by High King Emmerich and no one really likes him. So, you know, that's how it goes. But if you want to check it out, it is on the official Elder Scrolls Online page. You really should. Have either of you two read this one or seen it? Uh, Loa? I've not seen it, but I'm a little bit shocked. No one like King Emmerich. <laughs> I find him wholesome. For King Emmerich! For the Daggerfall Covenant! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we have a Daggerfall Covenant person on the show today, so... Yeah. <laughs> I actually like the Daggerfall Covenant, though, so it's okay. I mean, I like him better than AD, so... Yeah. How about, I know Deltia, you probably didn't read it, but did you see it come through, or did you read it? I haven't had the chance to read it, though. I am a fan of Bakim Emmerich and the Daggerfall story. It's one of my favorite of the three-faction story, if not my favorite. So I may check it out later, but I've been busy with doing a lot of different things. On my, I redid my site and so on, mm -hmm. so that took a lot of my time. Absolutely. I, I, I do like the Daggerfall Covenant story. Honestly, it's probably one of my favorites too <laughs> and i'm i'm evan hart packed so um yeah it's it is pretty good um the next one though lore master's archive trail and tide they bring in moon bishop hanal so apparently it's a khajiit and it actually talks about the khajiit and a little bit about them so if you want to check that one out as well that is there we do normally read those but we got a lot of news, so we're not going to do that today. 
Next up on the uh, guild or uh, game news, this one's actually kind of neat. And I did want to do a shout out, but the guild Hodor, Hodor, got the world first serpent speed run achievement last week. I think it was. So congrats to them. They actually took a screenshot of it. That's pretty neat. Um, Deltia, how close are you guys? Uh, infinitely far away. Infinitely far away. All to, right. For them to get a 33-minute time in Serpent Trial, that's just mind-blowing good. I mean, it's just that's just incredible to get that time down. Mm-hmm. I think incredible. I think their final time was 31 minutes, 59 <laughs> seconds. Well, now what do they have to do for nine months? Oh, wait. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that shortly. Um, yeah, yeah. But that that is what it is. I mean, congrats to them. They've been, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I think they have almost every world first achievement for speed runs and clears in the game. They are so they are the PVE guild, hands down. They are the PVE guild to beat. It, it cracks me up every time I see Hodor, though. It's Game of Thrones cracks me up. Uh, is they are from Europe or from North America? I don't <sighs> remember. I I seem to. I think they're from uh, the EU, to be honest. I may be wrong. I thought they were European, too. Yeah, I thought they were. I know they were at the the Guild Summit, though. They they participated in one of those uh, competitions for, like, Hellra or something. So... Yeah. You know, congrats to them, man. That's an awesome achievement. Awesome, because Serpent's not easy, and getting the speed run, that, that is impressive. All right, for those who probably been living under a rock, I don't know why you would, but they did actually release an ESO patch 1.5.8, which is just an incremental patch that addressed a variety of outstanding issues surrounding gameplay, dungeons, and quests, and in an effort to improve performance in Cyrodiil. They have, <laughs> this is this was a funny part of the note, they have escorted all deer, torch bugs, to greener pastures. So all the deer and torch bugs are no longer in Cyrodiil. So that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get why they would have done it because it, you know, that's less things you have to render and who really cares about deer and torch bugs. Cause they're not like monsters you gain experience off of. They don't give you anything good. Um, some random, I guess, meat and, and, uh, the insect parts, but, uh, yeah, so they're, they're gone. Delta, you've been playing a lot in Cyrodiil. Have you uh, noticed any performance increase from this? I mean, I'm sure it would probably be minuscule, but. I'd never really had performance issues only when sieging the keep, Mm -hmm. but some other things to think about why this is a good thing is because when you're off like fighting a 2v1 or 2v2 or something, you might accidentally target the deer instead of a player. And so your 1000 damage crystal frags hits a deer instead of someone you're fighting. So it's actually a a good improvement and the, the performance is probably minuscule at best, but they're trying to do everything they can. Personally, I've seen a lot better performance when sieging keeps and going through with all the oil and animations. I don't think it's probably due to that, but it's probably due to the cap size being smaller. Sure. Aloha, do you, uh, do you participate in Cyrodiil PVP at all? Um, not in PvP, but in fishing. Uh, that's what I did just before the show with my guild that is currently in the chat room. Hello to them. Oh, hello. 
So you and, guys had uh, we good were... performance while fishing in Cyrodiil, I hope. Oh yeah, very good performance. But those little bees were making some life <laughs> from the side of a, a non-PVPer in Cyrodiil. It's a little bit a sad decision. And but we you... are not the most important customer in Cyrodiil, so it's okay. I was going to say all the fishers in Cyrodiil are revolting because what happens if you run out of bait? You can't run and grab insect parts from the torch bugs anymore. Now what? Exactly. Oh. So they... So this is uh, breaking news for anyone not listening. Zenimax hates fishing and has nerfed it hardcore in Cyrodiil. So that sucks. No, that's it, it is neat that they did it, but uh, I'm, I hope they can get performance up, especially with the console release coming up in the next couple months. They probably want to get that as steady as humanly possible. All right. Next little bit of news, and this one's kind of neat and with the expected surge of new players coming, um, they have updated the Cold Harbor tutorial coming in 1.6. Gina hopped on the forums. This would have been January 12th. I have the post saying that, yes, there will be some revisions to the existing tutorial in Cold Harbor in Update 6. The goal is to make sure new players feel more comfortable and confident with their characters after leaving Cold Harbor. Some of the things we've touched on are the basic combat skills, which will be covered in more detail. You can try lock picking to learn the mechanics, and Lyris will guide you through some more areas, etc., etc. So, I know during one of the live streams, I can't remember which one it was that they did, that they showed off some of the new tutorial. I'm actually kind of excited to go through and do a tutorial change go through and make a character and run through the tutorial because it actually looks really neat. I know they showed an image of uh, Lyris getting sucked into the prison and the way that they did it, it it looks more uh, dramatic now. It looks really neat. Did you guys, did you guys see that during, I think it was the... It was uh, a famous live stream. Yeah, I can't remember if it, if it was the, I think it was the special ESO live that they yes. did. Yes, Yes, oh. it was a special one, and they showed that uh, for the console release, and uh, so it was with the console interface, I think. But I think it's really great, especially for the lock picking part, because I remember uh, during the beta, and I've played the beta a lot. Uh, I was so bad with lock picking; I couldn't manage to do it, and there was nothing to to prepare us. So um, uh, it was. Um, it's it's a great uh, improvement to have done that. Yeah, I, I know that was something where when even I hopped into the beta, you, you weren't given any idea of how to actually do lockpicking. And, and if you played Elder Scrolls games in the past, every uh, iteration of lockpicking that they release in every game is different. Uh, between Morrowind's version, which was just a you know dice roll system, to Oblivion's system which was terrible unless you played on a console tried doing it with a mouse and keyboard it was awful and skyrim which was probably most pc players favorite one and then eso which i actually prefer but when you first hop in you have to sit there and look at it go how do we do you had to kind of figure it out on your own which i kind of like but you know new players are used to being handheld i guess it it (laughs) Anything to teach players things that they need to know before actually getting out there is a good thing. 
So, because some people get frustrated over the simplest things and failing to do a lock pick while they're out in the world, they lose it and some new player comes out and jumps in right after. Because if you fail to unlock a chest, you're locked out of doing it again for so many seconds and another player can swoop in and get it. And that, you know, I think that's a kind of a petty reason to quit, but people have been known to quit over less. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. I'm assuming we'll see some uh, guides from Deltia over there. Am I correct what, for the new player experience? I already did a Cold Harbor guide. Really? It updated for 1.6? I didn't... I thought the... Uh, no, I, I did just the one right now. Okay. That, like how you start the game, how you fix your UI, how do you... You do know you're going to have to change that, though, in, in what, like what next week when the PTS gets updated with 1.6? Well, they're just adding more things. It's not going to detract from what I added. So I don't think it'll be... I think it'll be just more to do, but mm -hmm. my explanation of how to play the game is still going to be the same. So Okay. I'm just trying to make you do more work. <laughs> There's plenty to do. <laughs> right. All right. Moving on to the next little bit of news. Speaking of guides from Deltia, uh, if you guys didn't notice, one of the best experience grinds in Craglorn, if you had a, a duo partner, I can't pronounce the name. I'm sorry. It's a Dwemer Ruin right outside of the main city that you start in. That experience grind was nerfed by about four times, I guess it was. It was nerfed really hard. Pretty much after 1.58 dropped, I started seeing uh, messages on Reddit and some other places going, you know, hey, is it just me or am I not getting near the amount of experience that I was before? We got several reports from people all over the place going that, yeah, they were originally getting around 21,000 experience per circuit that you ran. And after 1.58 dropped, you were getting roughly around 2K. So they nerfed that really hard. Uh, Delty, did you experience any of that? Uh, I got an email about five seconds after the server went live saying that it was nerfed. And it's just a terrible idea. Terrible idea. I mean, there's nowhere to level up fast in this game anymore. Yes, there's spell scar, but it's so packed. Like, you, there's no efficient way to level up. And I firmly believe that every game needs to have a grind. Not everyone wants to do this story. Players should be allowed to play the game the way they want to. If you want to go sit in a Dwemer, uh, you know, dungeon or delve for 50 hours and level your character up, go for it. Especially those that have alts. I don't think it was hurting anyone. I don't think it was an exploit. And I'm really disappointed this got nerfed. I, I just I think it's a terrible decision. And now... <laughs> With the champion system, this is phase one. They're not getting rid of VR levels, so you're still going to have to deal with the VR crap for the, the conceivable future, if not nine more months. So for them to remove it, it's just it's baffling to me. It pisses me off. It's like, do you want one people to get to end game? Do you really want them to do 300 hours of quest to reach the end game? Because this is an MMO. People want to get there fast, especially if they've played like me, maybe picked the wrong race, maybe picked the wrong class that wasn't for them. Now, good luck. Go spend another 300 hours. People are likely to quit. And I hate this change. All right. Uh, Alola, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Did you actually ever use any of these uh, um, grinds or do you know people who did? No, the, the grinds, no, I'm too, too low level and it's not at all in my mentality to 
grind, not because I find it bad to do it, but uh, because I don't find it fun at all. And uh, for me to be able to grind, I need to have a, a very huge motivation and I will not have that. Um, I, I don't think it's... I, I don't I don't really have an opinion about that. I don't think that um oh, to be honest, I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I mean, if you didn't actually use it, then it wasn't a big deal. I mean, for me or my first characters and stuff like that, I enjoyed leveling um just by running around. I listened to all the people. Uh, quest givers talk to everyone do all the quests i do all that stuff but like delty said also the thing where even in skyrim when i play skyrim after i've done a quest i tend to spacebar through the comp you know because i already know i have a really good memory so i'm like yeah i know exactly what you're gonna say i know what my motivation is to help you like I i know the story the first time i'll sit and listen to it but later times i skip through it and if you've seen any of my little Let's Plays and stuff that I've done on, on our YouTube page, uh, I played an Ebonheart Pact character again. I was skipping through quest text because I've already done it. I'm not going to waste, you know, 30 hours of leveling by sitting and listening to every single word when I've already done the quest. I already know the story. And some people don't even want to do that because questing is obviously not the best way to level in this game. It, it Well, it wasn't. It might be now. Um, it, it just, it you know, it's just, uh, so, and some people don't mind grinding. You know, you get a friend, you go grind, you put something on Netflix or Hulu or something like that. You just, you sit there and do that. I know Thais, for instance, she's not in the room at the moment, but uh, <laughs> when she was playing her, her little free-to-play games, which I always laughed at her for, because they were like one button skills and click, kill everything on the map. She would do that for hours. She'd put something on on uh, on the TV and she'd sit there and watch and just sit there and spam the same skill. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm leveling up my, my character. Well, okay. That's interesting. But some people like grinding. I mean, it. technically speaking, I like grinding because I've been grinding Dwemer for months now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... <sighs> I don't know why they would have nerfed this either, because unlike Spell Scar and things of that nature, where you can kind of just run and do it, I mean, it's helpful to get a group, but if you can do it by yourself, you get better experience anyway. This one, you at least needed another person to reset the place. So, I mean, I don't know why they would remove it. It encouraged grouping, which is something they always have a hard enough time trying to do in this game anyway. I know why they removed it. Champion system. Yeah, because you would you would have that would be the best way to play the game. That would be the best way to gain experience. Hmm. Yeah, that's what uh, Guidan is saying in the chats. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. <laughs> that's the thing with even with a champion system in general. They seem to be nerfing so many experience gains because they're trying to prepare for this the champion system coming out, but. It really does hurt people who are trying to level, like myself still, <laughs> and I think Aloha, because I think Aloha might be higher than me now, but I know we're both not maxed yet. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of rough. But, you know, they're going to find ways to exploit the champion system until we figure it out, because, I mean, unless they make bosses and trials, like, 10 billion experience, 
doing grinds will be the fastest way to level up your character in the future. So they have to watch out for that because you want to make trials and, and dungeons and stuff like that still relevant. So if you spend an hour in a dungeon, you would hypothetically better be better off than spending an hour doing quests because you have to take more people. It's harder, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If, they don't, if they don't get it right... It's going to be like grinding is the only way to get champion points. And then a waste of your time is to do dungeons. So it's a really fine balance they have to hit. Otherwise, people that are mid-maxers, they're not going to do anything else but do that. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely, like you said, there. It, but the problem is with this is it may come later because you need that metric data to go, okay, the average clear of X dungeon is 15 minutes. All right. So in 15 minutes, then they need to take that and go, well, in 15 minutes of, of grinding mobs should earn you X experience, which is the average it takes for you to well, finish Well, they already dungeon. have that data. They've already had the dungeons ends for a year. They know True. how long people are doing it. What they don't know is equating that to the champion points. I assume mm-hmm. they would have to do this measurement before because it would be a huge gaffe if they did not address that because if you want people to play trials you have to have incentive for them to do it and especially if champion points are going to slowly add power over time i'm not going to be doing it if it's if i could just kill 15 mobs and get the same amount as doing the serpent trial well i i will say this deltia as much as we we love Zenimax, you say they they probably should have fixed this before patch goes live when has that ever stopped them in the past releasing oh, it, something when it won't it won't <laughs> I, that's what i'm saying it's like it, it will be screwed up and yeah. i will i will find a way to exploit the crap out of it now i'm gonna te- <laughs> i'm gonna tell you it zenimax i will tell you the bug fixes and stuff like that but it's on you to fix it don't blame the players for finding the fastest way to gain champion points because if you do not listen to your feedback on the patches this will happen right well i, I mean they they've said that before where other people were saying in beta they found builds and stuff that were just broken. I remember watching, I think it was um, a special podcast episode from Tamriel Foundry that you were on, that they were talking about bugs that Zenimax hasn't fixed, even though that we've reported it extensively during beta and during PTS, and they, they just didn't fix it. So, yeah. No more excuses for this one. Yeah, none. <laughs> All right. That was that was an interesting little discussion. We're going to move on to the next little bit. Moving in and taking over Delta's spot yet again to update six guides to repair people on the official Elder Scrolls page. The champion system and the provisioning uh, guides are now available on the official Elder Scrolls online page. I find them to be nice uh, overviews, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, if you had no idea what the champion system is, like you have no no idea whatsoever, I think reading this would be beneficial before jumping into like a guide from Deltia or or anything on like Tamriel Foundry because Tamriel Foundry and Deltia, they're going to dig in and do more advanced level stuff. This is your introduction to, so you know some of the terms, some of the concepts, how it works before you get thrown into an advanced guide going, if you do 10 points here, it'll give you so much percentage over this. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting there sucking your thumb on the corner, like crying because you don't understand. So it's a nice little guide. You got nice little uh, graphs. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it, 
I think it's better that uh, the official guides are not too extensive, so it mm -hmm. allows space to the specialists and the fine guide. And also it doesn't bombard some players with too much information or too deep information. Because mm. for some players it's not interesting to know all the theory crafting behind everything. Uh, and it's and some players also want to ignore it because they like to discover it in game by themselves. So what's official on the website need to be the minimum information required to understand the system. And if you want more information, then you go to deltagaming.com or another website <laughs> of the kind. No, sure. not another website, my site. <laughs> no other website. <laughs> Just um, and as uh, Hulk said in chat, I'm personally more excited about provisioning than champion system. I'm excited for provisioning, but I can't. I'm going to go on a little rant here because I do. You guys know me. I love the lore of this game. And I know they're going to be shrinking down the amount of materials. In a way, I don't like this because I like complicated systems. Like, I really do. I hate when they dumb things down so much. Uh, this was my big beef with uh, Warcraft. Um, Aloha, you'll know this as well, with uh, Warlords yeah. and stuff like that. Certain things that they dumb down to make it easier. Yes, it does make it easier, such as gear changing to your spec no matter what it is, you know. Or uh, removing a bunch of stats so you don't you don't need to worry about hit cap anymore and things like that to make the game easier to grasp is great for new players. But players who sit there and who've been playing it for a while hate when it gets shrunk down, and I I personally don't like it. But even by shrinking it down, I'm fine with that as long as they keep the lore specific things. And the reason why I say this is because they were talking about when they first talked about the provisioning system, they were talking about, oh, we're just going to change it. There's not going to be, you know, Concord grapes anymore. Like, it's just going to be grapes. You know, it's just going to be berries. Well, there's certain things that were that were kind of like lore staples or just like little things from the other games, like juniper berries were like huge in Skyrim. I picked them all the time. Snow berries. I want them to stay because they were in past Elder Scrolls games, and if they just become berries, I will be upset because I like, you know, even though Snowberries and Juniper are worthless as it currently is, I still like getting them because it's like, I remember picking these in Skyrim. That's awesome. And if they just change it to be very generic, I will be upset. But, but isn't it the change that you need berries for the recipe, but you can find... Uh, different kind of berries in the environment. Yeah, I mean, that is the reason why. It's like, great, I have 800 white grapes, but I needed, you know, Concord grapes kind of thing that people are like, yeah, it's... But I think a lot of the problem stemmed from the way that they developed the provisioning system in the first place because items you got were level range specific. So if you needed... Uh, if you play on Ebonheart Pack, for instance, Sujama berries and stuff like that are only available in the Dishan region because they're like level 20-ish region. Once you're outside of that region, they don't give them to you anymore. Like, you can't find them. They were only in that area. Um, and I assume it's something similar for AD and, and uh, um, crud, <laughs> Daggerfall Covenant. But there were... The way they had it is... 
it was just kind of messed up. You'd go like, oh, I need apples, but apples are only in the one to five zones wherever they are. But now it's going to be, if it looks like an apple, it's an apple no matter where it's at. You can get beef no matter where it's at. As long as it's, you know, you kill a cow, you're getting beef. Yeah, something along those lines that make it a little bit more logical. You'd open crates and go, oh, they, you know, are, are bags of flour that looked like flour. Instead of getting milled flour, you would get, like, beef. And it's like, why? Until you opened it. Now they're changing it so that it's more logical. If it looks like it's got apples in there, it's got apples in there. Which is, I think... It's, oh, go ahead. It's, it's better to do that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, I, I found, uh, honestly, the cooking, I never tried it or the provisioning because it felt too too much hassle and too much boredom, uh, especially in uh, uh, inventory management. And I tried several times and several times I went discouraged and I abandoned it. Um, so I think the two synthesize it a bit like that even if you lose a bit of flavor i i don't think it will be them being down the system but more simplified so it's uh, uh more efficient and and, mm-hmm. and and not something boring because that's important if it's not fun and uh, it's pointless it needs to stay fun like yeah and I, I hope they will they will find a good medium but yeah I, yeah, I, I'm. It definitely needs to be fun. It doesn't need to be rough. But a uh, couple things from chat. Uh, Win on stealth is justice on PTS yet? Update six is supposed to hit. I guess probably this week. Probably Monday. Is that right, Delta? I think they were saying it's probably going to be this week. Yeah, I suspect tomorrow morning around seven. Yeah. So tomorrow morning, the update six, which is justice and champion, and all these changes will be on there. Um. Gummy That's Dragon. That's hypothetical. That's hypothetical. Hypothetical. Uh, essentially, Gummy Dragon is a little French because she has a French accent. She's Belgian. I don't know. Yep. She's a, Bel- <laughs> she's a Belgium waffle. And, yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. And Tamriel Drifter. Convenience isn't necessarily fun in MMOs. It. it and I sort of agree with him because, especially when the justice system comes out, when materials are harder to get. I liked having a wider range I because, let's face it, onions, uh, pepper, things like that had a good value to them. Yeah, but, I mean, provisioning sucks because the, it's not, not necessarily because of the fun. you got to look at the min-maxers and everyone. What's the point in it? You get some VR5 food that gives you some buffs? Yeah, but it's not hard to get that. What they need to make champions there to make provisioning relevant is legendary mats you can only get from high-level PvE or PvP. Make it legendary food that gives you maybe 50 more stats or something like that so that you have to actually do top-end stuff to get the top-end gear, to get the top-end uh, passes or whatever. That would make provisioning fun for me. Otherwise... There's no incentive for me to go pick barrels over and over and over because I have enough money. I can buy that stuff super cheap. So what's the point in provisioning? All Removing items and stuff? Great. But does it make it even more powerful? Nope. Will I do it? Nope. See, they need uh, to put... Oh, go ahead, Aloha. They need to put super rare spice in yes. the trials or something like yes. that. You have the super chili pepper <laughs> in the serpent trial. That's it. That's exactly it because... They need rare crafting ingredients and dungeons and um, 
specifically trials. I, I will Otherwise, agree with you. No on, incentive to play. I will agree with you on that, but not not consumables. That that's something to me that consumable items like this you're supposed to have lots of. They're not supposed to be super hard to farm because it's consumable. You need a bunch of them. I do agree with you on rare items from dungeons and raids for crafting to make gear that see, I always thought when the crafting came out and they're like crafting would be equivalent. It should be, but there should be a crafting end game where they have to go and try to get rare drops to make end game gear. You know, that's equivalent to trials and dungeons and stuff, but they didn't, but yeah, consumables. I, I can't agree with the two of you on consumables stuff, but the other, you know, blacksmithing woodworking and clothing absolutely all right well that was a rabbit trail that you know talked about provisioning guides but yeah if you want to check out those guides check them out on the official elder scrolls page next up battle master corner of the berserker this one was released this week and it is a two-handed khajiit nightblade two-handed khajiit or not two-handed khajiit but two-handed nightblades i i hear are pretty rough right now what do you mean by rough? Like not not rough like that, but I mean like they're powerhouses. I don't know if they're specifically the best. Dual wield is really good, but a, a bow two hander combo is really nice for executing. Because mm -hmm. actually, yeah, they have two handed, and now this is a dual two handed uh, <clears throat> weapon building. I I have issues with these because when you have two of the same weapon, unless you're like a tank or something, if you're a DPS, two of especially a melee weapon makes it rough because there's certain fights where you just can't get near the boss. Yeah. You need a bow. Yeah. You need to have a ranged op. That's how I feel personally. I feel like you need to have, as we talked about before, a time on target. If you, for some odd reason that you need to be out of melee range, which does happen such as, uh, what is it? I was trying to think of the one dungeon we were doing the one day. I can't remember what it is, but it's essentially a giant Ash Titan that you fight. And he summons a bunch of ads that kind of heal him. So you have to jump off of him. He also puts fire on the ground all over the place. So it's very hard as a melee to you have to jump back and forth. It, it's almost easier to have a bow so you can switch to kill the ads very quickly with a bow. And then go back to melee to beat the boss if that's how you want to play. But having two melee makes it very, very rough. Because even with um, critical charge and critical rush... You run through fire, you still take damage. So charging through fire still hurts. Not always the best way of doing it. Deltia, what do you what do you think about the build? Well, I mean, two hundred Nightblade Khajiit got melee crit, so Nightblade's a really good racial choice, um, and I like it for my execution bar. But I'm I'm more of a bow fan now. Dual build is actually the highest DPS in the game. A dual build Dragonite. Um, so dual wield is probably the better of the two if you're if you already have an execute on your bar for like impale. But I just wouldn't go double double weapons anything unless I'm the tank. But that's just me. Okay. Um, yeah, understandable. I mean, it is what it is. Do you uh, do you like two handed weapons on any of your builds, Aloha? Nope. Nope. Hey, I nope. love my two hander. I love it. Right. Never use it. Oh, oh well, it is what it is. I, I do. I, I like the build. I would probably try something like this, but I can't say I'd go to great swords or to whatever two-handed weapons. I need a bow or 
well, obviously, if your stamina bow is your only option, there just needs to be something else. I, I like my range. All right. Final bit of news we're going to cover today, and this was kind of neat. The cinematic trailer Three Fates was released alongside of the news that we're going to talk about in our discussion topic. And this kind of puts an end to the series of cinematic trailers that we saw starting all the way back. Oh, my goodness. When they first announced it or teased it at like E3 or something like that, like three, four years ago. Um, But they finally ended the entire series and they actually did like a super cut which had all of them in there it it's pretty epic i i thought it was awesome aloha did you see the uh super cut for all the all the trailers yes uh, i know no i didn't watch the the super cut in one shot um because this week i've been too busy to to check all thread on forum to follow discussion i this took most of my time and uh, I just watched the the ending and it, it was really great indeed and a bit mysterious in the end you don't really know what's happening with the north which look more like a red guard in the end I find but that's because of the light okay it's very beautiful um, someone say to and I find this uh, opinion quite uh, relevant um, that those um, cinematic are not really related to what's happening in the Elder School Online. They don't really show what's this game. That yes, you have Money Marco. Yes, you have the White Citadel. But the three um, guys are a bit um, not so iconic about what's really happening in the game. Do you imagine they have made a uh, cinematic with Darian Gauthier, Rajendar, and uh, I don't know what you can find on the Ebon Heart? It would have been a little bit more epic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heroes that you actually knew. Probably that. Face. Um, what is what is that girl that you like? The uh, the Dunmer Morid Tong girl. You don't remember her name? I can't remember her name, but she's pretty big. In uh, the Evan Hart fans, huh? Not are you or something like that? Yeah, she's she's a big a big fan among the Evan Hart is the Morid Tong girl, the assassin. She's she's interesting. She's very interesting. I like her a lot. Albeit my in-game crush actually is the uh, what is the vampire girl? Oh She's yeah, Daggerfall Covenant, the vampire girl who's in love with. Uh, it's Gwen. Gwen, I love Gwen. She's, <laughs> I love her, but she loves someone else. That's how it goes. I, I guess, yeah. Albeit, if you guys remember, a few weeks ago, I also said I had another crush, which happened to be another vampire girl. It was one of the Montclair daughters when you saw her. Oh yeah, but that was insane. Because she was all seductive, laying there on the bed. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I understand the cinematic trailer itself it, it, is very epic and and very cool to watch, but you feel very disconnected from the characters because you don't really know who they are. They're just someone. Albeit, I, I yeah. know that uh, Loa, you probably have it like downloaded permanently if there was a uh, Darian in there or Jakarn. Uh, <laughs> they used to be the same way. Right? <laughs> How about you, Delty? Did you watch uh, the trailers? 
Uh, I did. I thought it was, I mean, it's a trailer, but they needed to highlight the champion system. Two dudes fighting. Cool. It looks great. I mean, I I love it, but like you need to get excited about 1.6. You need to get excited about consoles. I'd rather have something that highlighted the new consoles in a way that would demonstrate why you should be excited about 1.6. I think it was a terrible time to release that because people, two random guys fighting that we don't know. Great. Or you could show off some new cool gameplay dungeons gear and stuff like that, which they did later. I think that's a much valuable, more valuable to waste, uh, to use your resources, getting people hyped up for the next content. Mm-hmm. Look what World of Warcraft does. When they do Warlords of Dremnar or whatever, what was their what was their thing about? It was hyping that up. It wasn't just some random fight. I, I don't know. Their their announcement trailer at BlizzCon was one of these. Grosh going through the dark portal, kind of. See, that's the thing. I, I, some other games, I think, but Blizzard is notorious for using trailers like this that showed nothing of the gameplay and to be 100 i'm gonna say this i believe this entire trailer was done at one time i I believe it it wasn't like they did part of it and then they came back to the same company i think they just did it all as a major feature and then split it up for whatever their release so they had a plan going okay we're going to release this part when the game comes out these ones to tease up because they released the siege when the game came out for pc so now they released the last part when the consoles are coming out with the console announcement these what what about you did you see the whole trailer i did did you like it i loved it you know and as delty says as much as i like gameplay as well but i don't mind that being separate i i got hyped for this just because i thought it was epic going oh that is so cool I was always a fan of the WoW cinematic trailers, too. It doesn't really show much of the game, but when you watch it, you're like, oh, I can't wait to play. Yeah, right? The the cinematic trailers, I, what was it? The uh, One of our favorites was Siege of Orgrimmar when Garrosh is just walking and everything's exploding and you're just like, oh, he's so amazing, even though he's yes. bad. It really showed nothing of what the raid was going to be like Good at all, it. but it was just the hype of going, I hate that guy, I'm going to take him down, that you were like, oh, that's cool. I think that was the whole idea here. They kind of highlighted uh, um, Mana Marco as the main kind of bad guy. and Even he looks pretty amazing in the trailer. Oh, yeah, he does. He kind of made me root for him a little bit, which which made me sad. That That's a little rough. Yeah. Yep. He is bad. It, I know. He is an Altmer, too. It's it gross. It's so many reasons to, to, to <laughs> want to hate him. Necromancer, Altmer. I mean, he's just bad all around. Yeah, but that's what the trailer did. I see. All right. Awesome. And what these hunted in order the end? It looks like he was stuck in Cold Harbor. <laughs> kind of like I, I have a feeling that this entire trailer, in theory, if you look at a timeline, took place before our heroes escaped Cold Harbor. Because that's yeah. kind of what it led up to. I feel like this whole trailer, if they were able, I would have think they would have released the entire trailer if they were able to release the consoles at the same time as the PC. Like, this would have been the day one launch, not the Siege. Because it kind of ends off as he's stuck in Cold Harbor. Well, isn't that kind of where we are at the very start? It shows our sac- you know, our sacrifice. And by the time that we escape Cold Harbor in the game, he's already kind of, you know, in charge, running around. He's essentially ruling the Imperial City. 
like he is using what, what uh, the thorn daughter the region or whatever as like a puppet like he's really the one pulling the strings so the way all of that leads together seems to fit into where the game starts where this ends is where the game actually when we wake up in the prison in cold harbor so i think we as pc players are just a little disjointed about the whole thing because we've seen the first couple parts that were you know hype trailers and stuff like that but they separated out because of consoles i don't know that's how i feel well, from a artistic point of view it's uh, still amazing i was really impressed oh, yeah. by the way the nord were spitting and i don't know just making little movement before to enter in the fights it was very realistic you see that the technology have evolved so much so some guys even ask it what's the name of the actress which is playing the altmer <laughs> Right. Well, as a feat of engineering, just as programming and animation, you know how many hours it takes to probably choreograph those fight scenes, like from a programming point of view? I would really be interested to see how long it took the company that made this, how many man hours they invested in this trailer. Because it's a 23-minute long trailer. That is, that's a, that's a, that's a short film, you know? Like, even the masters of... Uh, animation like pixar and stuff like that the amount of man hours for like a, a 10 minute short feature is immense so it, it is definitely cool all right guys well that's going to end our game news for this week uh we did have a lot and i know we did have a lot because we didn't have a show last week due to our internet outage but now we're going to move on to the discussion topic which is i'm sure what most people are here to listen to in case you were li living under a rock, uh, I guess it was the 17th, they announced that the Elder Scrolls Online is A, that we got an official console release date, which is June 23rd, I think. Delta, you can correct no. me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's that's... It's the 9th. 9th, June. 9th, 9th. Why am I thinking 23rd? I don't know. June 9th is the console release. And with that um, is the transition from a pay-to-play subscription model to a buy-to-play model where you simply buy the box and you have full access to the game, everything that it has up until 1.6. And any new content that comes out becomes DLC that you can purchase afterwards or you can subscribe to their ESO Plus, which is allows you to retain a subscription and you no longer need um, to buy DLC as it comes out. It's just available for you. And an introduction of a full-blown cash shop called the, Gra the Crown Store. First thing I want to do here is let's take three minutes each and i want each of you guys to tell me what you thought when this was first announced um i'll go first and then thais aloha and deltia I, I will say the first the first news i actually got of this was from deltia he sent me a text message like a second it happened i'm sitting there at work and i got a text message from deltia going eso just announced buy to play my heart sank. I mean, it really did. It like, even though from our past episodes, which we talked about, we kind of saw the writing on the wall, and people were like, "No, what you guys are saying." I really wished I was wrong, but I wasn't. 
um, that we, you know, we were kind of blowing it out of proportion. The removal of the six month subscription fee. I was hoping I was, but all those things pointed to no. Well, that was kind of hanging over me like a big cloud for a while. And then when I got the message that they officially announced that they went by to play, my heart sank. And honestly, you know, as, as I said earlier in the show, we had made a decision not to continue the podcast at that point and previous. Um, and that, that's really what I was feeling. Um, it took a lot of the community to come together and they were encouraging me as you will. Cause I, I was pretty depressed the entire day. I called Thais from the car. I was all upset. I was practically in tears. I'm, I'm not even lying. I, I was, uh, I had some other, other people, uh, Sunny Black from Twitter. We've been talking back and forth. When I stopped responding to her at night, she started frantically sending me text messages because I wasn't responding to her anymore. So, like, people were kind of afraid I slipped my wrist or something, I think. <laughs> but that's that's kind of how I felt about the whole thing. And, I mean, I immediately watched the, the ESO Live that as soon as they announced it, they're like, we got to do an ESO Live at, like, noon today. I sat there and I watched the whole thing. I didn't sign into. uh twitch chat because i was afraid of what i was gonna say so i stayed offline but i did watch and um i wasn't overly convinced about what they were saying like you know i felt like uh what they were saying was almost forced like they didn't really want to do it they had pete hines there from bethesda i mean which is interesting that they had pete hines there because he's never been part of any presentation before like any presentation and technically he's not even part of the same company he's part of the, a sister company bethesda softworks to do the single player elder scrolls games they they really have no i i'll say affiliation other than the fact that they are sister companies under a parent company zenimax uh entertainment or whatever it's called um so i thought that was a little weird but that's what i thought those my three minutes Thais, what about you you know, um, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat the question because you, you talked for a while and I, I, I forgot <laughs> I it. took my three minutes. I have, I have been. That was right. more than three minutes. Was <laughs> it? All right. Uh, just give me what your – take a few minutes to give me your initial thoughts and reactions, like what you first felt when you heard the reaction to the buy-to-play and, and con- even console release, all of it. I play – I have played a lot of buy-to-play and free-to-play games, and my first thought when this went – Free to play was that is 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 not going to go well. It is going to be a disaster. I, I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong. I I really do because the game the way it is you know before it went free to play it's it's a fantastic game and the updates and you can tell that they really listen to us and I hope that that doesn't change. I want them to still be listening to us and to take what we think into consideration. But I feel like with them going free to play It's not free fans, to play, it's buy to play. Buy to play. With with it being buy to play that it won't we won't really matter as much. So I'm a little I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm a little scared. Okay. But I guess we'll we just kinda have to see. Mm-hmm. Aloha, how about you? Give us a short synopsis of what you felt. Oh yes, I didn't talk it good at all when I saw the the first announcement on Twitter, I was like, it didn't surprise me because it was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was, the first thing I was thinking, ah, those guys mocked me with their dead horse picture. Right. Who is, who is laughing now? Uh, but I, I was 
shocked and shocked like it's surprised like no 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 don't do this don't do this to us and and when i saw the live stream it's exactly uh like you described uh, the, there was the manager the manager leading the debates is Paul and and Matt Fuhrer, which looked more like hostage than anything else. And I really felt what it was. They didn't want to do it, but they had to, and they were to were forced to do the best out of it. And that's they have no choice because they needed for me. It's not official, of course. For me, they needed to do it for the console release, and the console release is a lot more important than the PC release because this is a whole new market, and they have to go fully in it, otherwise it would be stupid. Because they have a good opportunity to have a game there. And so I, I, I cannot be mad at them because it all makes sense. And now all we have to do is to keep together as a community. But I can say that when I saw the stream, I felt a bit reassured and so I calmed down and I managed to see it more in the positive side. Not that I am happy about this change, I'm not happy at all, but I have to accept it and I have to help to make it as good as possible. Now by spreading positive vibes into the community instead of uh, insulting the developers in the forum that are poor, innocent and hostage from a business uh, problem. Okay, and uh, Deltia, good sir, what, what was your initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction was disappointment and, you know, you, you feel like the game is, is uh, over at that point, but it was buy to play, not free to play. That's a big deal for me. And they answered two questions that I had to know before I continued to play this game. Number one, is Cash Shop's item going to be sellable? They answered no. Huge. Number two, is it going to be more powerful? They answered that, no. Huge. This is 2015. It is. It's not 1992 with uh, Ultima Online. We're human beings. Anytime there's change, we're going to have an enormous gut reaction and go, oh my God, this is bad. This actually is probably good. It really probably is. Reason why is, is the subscription model, we like it because we pay our $15, happy dude day. There's no way to give the developer more money. There's literally no way. You can buy another account. You can buy some fluff online. That's a terrible business model. It would be like going to McDonald's and only getting a cheeseburger. You couldn't get another one. That's terrible from a business standpoint. Now they spend a little bit of time making cute little fluffy bunny things that we're all going to buy, like guar mounts, and they get tons and tons of money. The downside of free-to-play or buy-to-play is that you typically think that the, the developers will change their premise and not develop content, but that's not true. Star Wars Real Republic, which I bang on all the time, I got to give them props because they came out with player housing. They came out with a new entire... Starfighter system, all these major content updates after it's gone free to play. So the original premise of they're never going to develop anything for me is BS, frankly. It's good for the game. 
It is. It's not good for PC game players. It's really not. And I'm going to explain why in a little bit. But my gut reaction was, oh, this is terrible. Then I watched the live stream. And yeah, they look like they didn't want to be there. I can understand why, because they have to eat their own words. But at the same time, you know, survival is survival. Whether you're a human, whether you're a business, you have to do things, grow and evolve and change based on surviving, keeping your business alive, keeping your game alive. And buy to play is awesome. All those people that trashed in the game, played for three minutes and quit, can now come back for free. If they like the game, they can resub and get a little bit of benefit. If they don't, they can move on. Um, and the way they're developing this game now, it's Skyrim with friends. The way I see it in the future and after I've soaked in all this information for a week, it's Skyrim with friends. If you want to buy your content, you spend $10 on a DLC, you can play a little bit more. It's all going to be zoned and scalable. So, But for the hardcore PC players... It's probably time to move on. It frankly is. Because I don't see them developing any new PvE content for nine months. But for the newer players, the casual, this game will be a juggernaut. It will be the world of Warcraft on consoles. Believe me, I'm telling you right here, it will be an absolute juggernaut. All right. Well, let me let me before we move on with that, I do want to say some other things on here. I want to read a little bit of what people are saying in chat. Uh, the Dark Wiz one uh, in chat when he first heard the news, uh, I wanted to be upset, but I can't shake the feeling that this this is the best for the game. Um, Hawk is talking about buying things in the Crown Store. Um, Eighty four horses in Lotro. Yeah, I understand that. Um, yeah. Some people talk about difference between free to play and buy to play. Going, you have to buy the game versus free to play, which you can just download. And I agree with that. Now, the one thing I did want to also say, we'll talk about this as well. During the AMA Reddit for console release, now this is something that we were talking about, and this fits in with what Delty was saying. For hardcore PC gamers, this very well may be the end of the road for you. It's over. Yeah. Um, because straight from the developer's mouth during, well, I'm, not, I'm not even going to go over the entire AMA because it was mostly just about consoles, but they I actually have it on were, my site if you want to see it. Yeah. Check out deltiasgaming.com if you want to check out the whole AMA without reading through Reddit and all the questions they didn't answer, but straight from the developer's mouth, they were talking about with 1.6 coming out. Now, again, take note, this is January 25th and, um, it's going to, we'll just say in theory, if it hits PTS, monday it, even if it's on pts for a month it's going to come out early march we'll say they've said there is and i quote there will be no new content patches until console release and in parentheses or you know quotation marks settles down the console release is not until june 9th so even at best case scenario 1.6 drops in beginning of march that is three months of, well, not including how long we've been on up, Update 5. How long have we been on Update 5? What was that, November? It'll be nine months. Nine months. So nine months without any real, because even when Update 6 comes, it'll change systems, yes. But there's no real content. So like the guild like Hodor, for instance, that got already got essentially the... Um, premier achievement which was sanctum ophidia speed run that's that's like the hardest achievement to get in the game at the moment they have it 
So for nine months, it'll be till you know, even if at console release, they have a new patch that comes out, which we don't know how long it's going to take for console to settle down. We don't know. That's just a blanket term. But even if they release something day one, that's nine months without new content. Nine months without meaty content to grab into. And this was one of the things that I took with buy-to-play. Now, I hate free-to-play games, the ones you just download, because they tend to bring a terrible community um, the $20, $30 charge or whatever for the box does tend to keep out the Chinese gold farmers because they can't make a profit as easily. Uh, flamers and stuff, again, 20 bucks may not be a lot to some people, so you will still get the few D-holes that are out there, but not, not as many because you still have to have some sort of monetary investment in order to get an account to flame people, and most people aren't willing to do that. I would rather just download League and make 900 accounts and flame people in chat. But even with the buy-to-play model, the one game that – and I'm enjoying it again, which is Guild Wars 2. is one of the first MMOs that I've, I've uh, played that came out as a buy-to-play. Now, it released as a buy-to-play. You bought the box. You never had to buy anything again. Now, they did have a cash shop in there. Great game for what it is. And it's exactly what Deltia said ESO is for casual players. Thais and I, we enjoyed the heck out of it. How, how long did it take? We got about 1,000 hours out of it or something like that because we got 100% world completion in Guild Wars 2. I mean, we I was working on my legendary weapon, which is hard to get. And But the problem was ESO or Guild Wars 2 released in 2010. And, I, and I'm, I'm only giving this as an example, so please don't. I know ESO is not, you know, ZeniMax is not ArenaNet, but this is the best example that I have. It was released in 2010. They've had the same six dungeons since 2010. Was it released in 2012? I think it was 2010, to be honest. Even so. Even if it was 2012, it's 2015 now. Three years with the same dungeons. They've done Living Story, which was small little, essentially a small quest chain. Think of um, a quest chain in ESO now that you know would be one of the story arcing quest chains, um, where you get a skill point. They release one of those every two weeks. Well, how long does that take you to finish in ESO, Delta? How long does it take you to finish a quest chain that earns um, a skill point? An hour, uh, two hours? Hour, yeah. yeah. Not not um, very long. So every two weeks you get maybe an hour worth of content. And that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It is 2012. But even so, three years, and I think they did one dungeon. Every patch, you see one small quest chain and ten gem store items. I don't think it's going to be that. I really don't. Uh, then now, see, that was the fear I'm going into with buy-to-play games, because that's what it... Uh, this, is what, this is what I think, real quick. Okay, is go ahead. That, is that... What's happened is we've beta tested this game for people for a year. The consoles are where the money's at, right? It's it's you pay an upfront fee, you have no sub. This is a perfect model for the consoles. So eighty percent of your player base, and I'm just throwing out numbers here, I'm just assuming, mm-hmm. is gonna be on consoles. They're starting brand yeah, that's new. That's actually day a fairly one. safe assumption based on Skyrim right. numbers. The twelve anyways, million, like nine million of them were on Xbox. So the point I'm trying to make is they have they're having the game brand new day one. There is an enormous amount of content for them. It's gonna take them a year to catch up. The PC gamers, however, <laughs> that's yeah. a different story. Now, 
what I think they're going to do. Now I'll, I'll, I'll put a cartel coin on this. I mean, a crown coin. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Which you can't trade, by the way. Thank God, because that would be a whole new. I would quit if that was the case. Another thing is, you know what they're going to do? They are going to slip 1.7 Imperial City in a DLC. Guarantee it. That's going to be the next thing after the consoles. Because what could get people to come back to this game and spend $10? It would be Imperial City. So I say nine months, but I'm telling you, I think they'll slip something in around that time frame. Because how long have they been developing Imperial City? Atrobos played it like in beta, the Imperial City. He's seen it. In October, I think he said, and it looked almost complete. Yeah. So guess what? They, that problem with buy to play is that they hold content back for DLC. Now, and you know they're doing that with Imperial City. It's their trump card to get people back in. But, you know... Ugh. Can I interrupt you right here, Delty? Because I want to ask Aloha because she's been kind of quiet. Given the theory, which is what we're kind of seeing here, and Delty, I agree with you on this. They, they've been showing us stuff since that looked fairly complete. You know, Imperial, Imperial City... City spell crafting i mean they already had a plan in place they showed them playing i don't know how far along that was but they showed us a bunch of stuff jewel crafting jewel crafting things like that that they showed us do you believe personally that this stuff if if uh that let me rephrase this do you believe that zenimax made the decision that we're going by to play and the developers have been holding content on us no, no. What, what, what I think is that uh, that's what exactly I think. And, and I want to be clear. It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I have no proof, and so I'm not claiming it's true. It's just my opinion. Yeah. They wanted to keep the game uh, as a pay to pay to play. They wanted to to hold their promises. Um, they wanted to release the console. I think they announced it for June last year, if I remember well. Then they had a problem with Microsoft. Uh, and I think that's Microsoft that caused the change. And from then, at the moment, they could not make the contract with Microsoft to release on console. They had to make this buy-to-play model. But this is not something that you improvise in two days or even in two months because you need to change the whole game and how you release content and what kind of content you do. And I think that everything that is made now, that has been made the change, is a preparation for the buy-to-play model, the champion system. It's, it's a mixture between the feedback of the PC players and what they had to do to um, make their... Uh, buy-to-play model, like, for instance, the dungeon scaling. I think that it was a sort of test to see how the scaling will go into yep. the download pack. Yep. They had to uh, to see if it was working, how the players will react to it, if technologically it was. But that was not the stuff they had planned. Because when it was the beta, I remember so many players saying, we want uh, scaling like in Guild Wars 2, it's nicer to play with your friends, blah, 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 blah. And there was, no, we believe that uh, leveling is important. And now in the EVA, um, the Reddit thingy, they've said, we think that leveling is uh, a story of the past. And, and Zenimax have made so much decision afterwards. And if they have taken those decisions, it's like a correction decision. They have corrected their game constantly from 
bad decision or mistake or stuff that were not working like they wanted it uh, in the first place. And this game could have been so much better if they had taken all those decisions in advance at the very start when they created their game and they could have made the game that we really wanted which would have been more this uh, Skyrim online with this exploration etc. Well now I'm getting a bit too uh, too out of subject. No, no, so no. This, back... is, this is perfect though because I actually wanted to talk about this as well. Elder Scrolls Online versus Skyrim Online. It is, it is going to be Skyrim. Okay, Elder Scrolls Online is doing dungeons, being a hardcore MMO, having hard content. Skyrim Online is exploring, dinking around, doing quests. And end of story. That's what they're gearing this towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, now look at the Reddit AMA. What did they say new content's going to be? It's going to be scalable. Now, why would they want to make scalable content? So casual players and everyone can enjoy it. I think this is great personally for the game. It's not for the one percenters. Um, Thais, what what do you think about this? ESO going from more like because they've always said even like in their manifesto they talked about ESO. And I know, I know. Hold on, hold on. I know, I know. Seems kind of crazy. Like oh my goodness, they went back on their manifesto. Um, Manifesto was that. This would be an MMO and an Elder Scrolls game. They were trying to bridge the gap. But with this change to buy to play and the nine months between content that MMO players seem to enjoy, the game seems to be shifting closer as what Delta says, Skyrim Online, which is Elder Scrolls with multiplayer versus an actual full-fledged MMO. What are your feelings on that? Do you trying to bridge the gap I feel like was a bad idea because they they they're trying to do so much at once and I think that's what what kind of threw people off at first was well it's not really an MMO and it's not really a single player and they but they tried and then they did well but with now it they're being, going back Going, changing now, I mean, if it does well for the game, then why not? I mean, the rest of us are probably sad. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sad that they went back on it, but in the long run, if it does well, it doesn't really matter what they originally said. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think for the majority of people that play this game, this will be an awesome change. Scalable content, I mean, this... Imagine doing that new uh, zone they showed with, like, scalable. So you can do it with your level 13 buddy and your VR 14. This is perfect. For the people, the Hodars of the world, this is terrible news. This is absolutely terrible. For, like, all my friends are talking about it that are all hardcore gamers. They're like, well, what are we going to do? Are you going to do dailies? You're going to get all your gear. PVEers, there's nothing to do. PVP, I think, is a whole different animal. I really do. And I think Imperial City, we're still holding on to that nugget. And Cyrodiil is so big, so complex, it's basically a sandbox element. And one more thing. Cypher, you guys may know him. He's one of the best PvP builders. And I watched his video on the thoughts about it. He brought up a really good point. If Zoss focuses on PvP sandbox stuff, like whether it's, you know, Imperial City or something that, you know, duels an arena system, 
that's going to keep people's attention for very, very long with little, little development time. Yeah, but I need to react to that. Um, first, I, I don't think that it's the end of the content for hardcore PvE players. It will be a huge uh, stagnation for nine months. Uh, but after that, I believe that they will come back with new content. But we need to understand that the real launch is in June from now. And so um, for us, we have already played the game for one year, but we will only have the next part when they will give the next part to the console player. So they will not give them a new content in Julie. That would be stupid. They will give new content in September and then maybe November and something like that. Um, but I believe that, that they will release new trials and new challenging content for PvE players, but maybe not immediately. Now, the other things I wanted to say concerning the PvP stuff. Uh, you're right, Deltia, but there's, I think the majority of the players don't give a shit about PvP. I will not spend my life into Zero Deal because I don't care. I don't care about slapping the face of other people. And most of the players that play Skyrim, that was the first mistake Zenimax made. Zenimax started the Elder School Online project with uh, several guys from Dark Age of Camelot. They wanted to recreate Dark Age of Camelot in Tamriel. And I don't even know why, because there is no reason that Skyrim players will be interested more than ah, that in PvP. I disagree with that point, but go ahead. I think that, they, of course, there's a lot of players that play Skyrim that also enjoy PvP, but most part of it are people that just enjoy stories and they want to do their dungeon crawling and stuff like that. And that's when they realized that they will not satisfy the player base with just Cyrodiil because they create all their game around these three aliens. While, and after that, they had to come up with cheap solution to find activities for PvE players. That's when they came with silver and gold um, questing for the PvE player to keep them busy. That's how they came with the veteran version of the normal dungeon, which is except City of Ash, uh, just the same dungeon, but with different bosses. And... Uh, they had to go fast and then they came up with the uh, Kraglone ID and they had to just one adventure zone with three trial and that, that was all they made for the PvE players and they realized that there's a huge part of the community that that's what they want. And I think that at the start, they had really thought that Zero Deal will be the central activity of everyone, but that's not the case. Voilà, I'm done. Well, it may not be the case for you, but a lot of people do enjoy it. Yes, but I don't think it's the majority or as much as they thought it would be. I don't think it is either, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I, agree. I really don't. I don't think Cyrodiil is is the... And Thace, you were saying that the one thing that you really liked was... Uh, when <laughs> This was you know a few minutes ago. Back when we played Skyrim, we were really big into Skyrim. I remember searching for an add-on because there had been one in development that would have allowed us to play Skyrim together. And I was really excited about it. It turns out it didn't, it didn't work. So, 
ESO coming out and kind of being like, you know, Skyrim with friends, as Daltia is saying, was really big for us because it allowed us to play in the world that was similar to Skyrim together, to venture through the world and to explore, to be able to do the quests. And but then I think that loads in. I think the majority, and with what Aloha said, I really don't think most people give a crap about PvP. The people coming in from Xbox, I really don't think Cyrodiil will be... Not coming in. Not coming in. But it will be once they get a taste of it. Mm, perhaps. Look, Destiny, uh, Call of Duty, those things yeah, are but, enormous. On, yeah, but uh, why not just play those? <laughs> well, why, 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 does someone play why does someone play Call of Duty then play Destiny? Why wouldn't they just play the same series? That's the, that's to answer your same I question. I don't know why anyone would play Destiny, so... Well, that, that's irrelevant. But you, you, you play PvP. And the P PC gamers, like there really is, like there they are different. So I can I can see the console gamers really enjoying the PvP. And most of the time, I would think that as well. But the 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 fans, the the this console players that I think that would enjoy the PvP, the Destinies, the uh, the uh, oh, Call of Duty people probably would not be interested in the type of game that Skyrim was. I mean, just the mentality is different between those two genres by quite a large margin. I, I really don't see how Skyrim is anything like any of those other ones at all. Well, not necessarily Skyrim, but the number one PvP -er in the world right now, guess what game he came from? Hearthstone. Call of Duty. Damn. <laughs> Call of Duty. It was Hearthstone. Nope, the, the, the one with the most AP. What do you do? He led a group to victory. There's nothing like that in the world that you can get. Whether it's this game, whether it's another game, it's something about it. And it will attract a lot of people. It will. Now, initially, you guys are definitely right. Skyrim people will go, oh, what's PvP when I can just you know go pick flowers for 15 hours? But it's going to be a large part of the game. And think about the development time. It's already out there. There's really nothing to do besides taking bugs and little thing, little deer away. It's a huge, awesome environment for people that's sandboxy. I wish they'd have more sandbox stuff in this game. I think that's one of the biggest problems with ESO at the moment. And I, I hate pure sandbox games. Yeah, pure sandbox, yeah. But having a theme park with sandbox elements, and like you said, Cyrodiil is a sandbox element. They need to have more of that in the PvE side as well. Yeah. But I think that's why some of the PvE community... But other than the Skyrim people, after you finish the quests, there's nothing to do. Because without, at this point, we have a PvE environment that is a theme park, a solo theme park. Like, a, that's all it is. It's a theme park that doesn't get any new rides. That's what we're seeing right now. And honestly, as I said to the fans who are, you know, here, we'll, we'll go until they prove us right or wrong. They're not making a good step. I'll say that right now. And I don't want to be super negative. Um, because I do love the game, and I really hope I'm wrong. But based on what their AMA said about no new content, guys, you got to admit they're not making a good step for especially the PvE players like myself and Thais and Hodors and the Tamriel Foundry, Entropy Rising Guild, stuff like that, who like that hardcore theme park raiding, if you will, or dungeons and stuff like that. They don't have it. No. And... It, even if it, this is this is what's even worse, and I understand PvPers will probably hate me for saying this, but you have PvP. That's enough, and I mean it's not really, but you make your game, okay? You make your game going out and killing people. 
Yeah. If Delta is right with 1.7, Imperial City comes out, and and that's mostly a, you have to go into a PvP zone to do it. And if it's mostly PvP, that's a, even longer than nine <laughs> months that the PvEers will have no new content to do. And I know PvPers are like, yeah, but we you know, don't forget about us. And I mean, I you shouldn't forget about them, but the difference between you guys and the PvEers who are in it for the theme park. You guys make your content. We have to wait for it to be made for us. And That's we're not completely getting it. true. That's completely true. Um, yeah, the so. other day I was thinking about how Dallas Call Online could have been if the right decision had been taken at the right time. If Zenimax had not focused everything at the start on Zero Deal and thought that every player would want to spend their end game in Zero Deal. Mm -hmm. If their buy-to-play model with the scaling content, uh, little zone by little zone were uh, downloadable, etc. They could have made the game exactly like we wanted. No uh, alliance enforced said we will have the whole world to access and to quest in. The main quest will have been um, by zones, and you will have local zone, but you will also have some quests that will, uh, like the, the Mage Guild or some exploration quest that will bring you through the whole world, like in Skyrim, where players could travel because there is no more leveling into the zone, so they can just travel. We will have the champion system starting uh, early and not just for the end game. And so that will have been the progression with the skill line and everything. Um, this will have me so much possibility uh, of more exploration, more openness, more choice, more uh, quests. It will have fit more the image of what the players firstly imagined that the Aldous Call Online will have been. And then you will have got your zero deal in the middle and you will have uh, been able to make a quest to hire yourself and to swear allegiance to one side or another and go into Cyrodiil and fight for it if you want it or not. And you will have all dungeon uh, at your disposal and instead of making a progression with level, you could have made regional resistance. For instance, in Skyrim, you need a, a warm armor to face the cold. And in Alakir Desert, you need to wear silk clothes to to face the, the sand one, uh, wind and stuff like that. And in the jungle, you have your poison resistance armor. And if you do the undaunted test uh, dailies and you level in the undaunted uh, faction, then you have a super armor set with all resistance. And then you can do your old dungeon at once. That, the game, the whole game will have been so different if everything, all the evolution had been taken at the start. So. That's just fantasy, of course. How many times have the fans said that they wanted dueling and arenas? <laughs> a lot. And they they had said that, you know, if the players want it, we'll give it to them. And, and we keep saying that these are things that, that we want. But They'll yeah, give it to us for $10. Yeah, I'm like, when <laughs> when does what we want? This is what concerns me. Things like this, they, they did say, and they just made a good point. Back in the day, they did say things that we want, they, they would consider adding. Uh, anytime I ever go on the forums, all I see is when are we going to get dueling? When are we going to get, you know, arena stuff like we have no we don't even have that they're working on it. Like they've at least said to me that they're working on housing. You know, oh, yeah, something we want to add. Nothing about the other stuff. 
Well, do do you feel like this is going to be, um, like, and this is what concerns me. When does what the players want, like dueling, stuff like that? They're like, these are systems in the game. This is a problem because they already said systems would be free. You can't make money that way. Systems would be free. When does adding arenas and dueling into the game, for instance, outweigh the Sparkle Ponies? Well, it's all about money. If people are buying Sparkle Ponies, you know, they're going to make Sparkle Ponies. But at the the same point, you know, I'm super excited about this change. Let me get that straight because I really think this benefits the game. It benefits me personally and the selfish person in me and my website and stuff like that. It's, It's enormous for my website. But for the game, I'm just warning those people out there that are the one percenters that have four VR14s we're all starting different characters again because we're completely bored out of our minds because we've mm-hmm. done everything. And will it, be for the next couple months at least. But it's like Aloha said, they're essentially relaunching the game. Mm-hmm. And I, that's really the way I see it. So I, I bang on Star Wars all the time. But the thing is, if they can make $10 on a Sparkle Pony, screw it. As long as they keep giving me systems every once in a while. And I I always bang on Star Wars, but I got to give them some credit. They did do the huge Galactic Starfighter. They did do the huge player housing. This game's only been around not even a year yet. And it's had all this stuff. So it's relaunching the game, I think. And, and there's still going to be a long way to get to endgame. I think most of the players will be happy with this. But for the meaty, like, one percenters that are hardcore, they play a million different alts, they spend 10 hours a day doing PvE stuff. You know, I hate to tell you to look for a different game. But at the same time, if you're not into PvP and you like that PvE theme park rating, it's done. And that's my fear because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't experienced it. Not yet. in this game. But you again. haven't experienced it yet. I'm saying it's done for nine months, not forever. Now, the problem yeah. is once I hit max level, that's all I do. Well, you'll, you'll have nine months of that to do. Believe me, you're, you, you're a nine months behind. I'm saying that once you get there right now, the amount of content they have, if you're brand new to this game, brand new to Endgame, yeah, but with that lot. being said, Deltia, you also know based on the amount of people who've already done it, the learning phase is over. I can, I can hop into Warcraft right now because I haven't been playing. And what is their, hello, what's their raid right now? High Mall? Yes. I can hop in there, level a character to 100, and the first people progressing through it probably took weeks to do it. I could probably get into a group and essentially get carried through it. So that content is done for me. Uh, getting carried through it and then actually getting the gear and learning it yourself are, are two different things. So I, I think you're undervaluing that. Mm, getting through, I think as, as a raider, though, with a raiding background, it doesn't take me long to er- learn a fight. So if people well, are already... I mean, you might nope. be able to learn it in five seconds, but that doesn't mean you're going to complete it over and over every night. Because guess what? Who's going to be left to carry you through it? Yeah, especially if everyone else leaves, but... It, but then if I'm waiting on casuals, I'm going to be bored anyway because no one's ready to, you know, everyone's like, I'm just going to pick flowers. Well, well screw I'll, veteran Dragonstar Arena then. One more thing, though. I want to, Thais brought up a really good point. Is like, when we first started playing this game, I think it was, it wasn't enough Skyrim for us and it wasn't enough MMO for us. Then it became more MMO than Skyrim. And now it's going back to more Skyrim than MMO. 
Is that I, that's how I see it? What do you guys and, think? And, and I agree with you there. And Faze, I think you agree with that as well. But do you not see the the issue with popping back about, and forth? I see the issue with it. I definitely do. I think there was a huge hiccup with Microsoft, and that's what took and, everything. And, and I was going to say the consoles. People are like, oh, there shouldn't be any uh, uh, subscription on console. I, I agree with what Aloha said too. Microsoft probably is the one that you know through the oh, bone in the gear because final fantasy 14 has been on ps3 and is a sub game it's now on ps4 it's a sub game they don't care if you have to pay ps plus they're like buy it on pc then you you pick one or the other sony didn't have an issue it was probably microsoft is like yeah you know what because i think even sony was like you don't really need ps plus to play final fantasy 14 or realm reborn they actually said you don't need ps plus to play elder scrolls online you don't well I, Microsoft super, is the one that's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Screw them. But I'm super excited about the game's future overall. I really am. And leveling the character again, just even now, before even 1.6 hits, it's a brand new game, dude. Like the amount of stuff, like getting crafting risks at level five. It's, it's like there's, it's just so much more involved. Like when, the, when we get 1.6 polish and these people get it, this game will have so much depth in it to start. The problem is, it's just, I think the, the PC gamers are, bad re- reference here, are the redheaded stepchild of this game from now on. Sure. No, I agree. I totally agree. All right. Yeah, um, but... Oh, I'm sorry, Lil, go ahead. No, uh, I mean, it, it's it's maybe a little bit sad for us PC gamers to be the second zone client now. But when you think about what it makes sense. the Elder Scroll Online will be for the console, like makes 100% we, sense. Yeah, we discussed that with Delta like, some days ago. That that will be so huge. The first super awesome MMO on console, they don't have so much choice. So it will be one of the futures, and it's a super solid game with a lot of content. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. fun. We have played it. And I was seeing their presentation of the console. I'm not a console player. I don't have a console. I don't have a television. I have not the money to buy it. (laughs) But I was so excited for them to imagine this new social experience. You're going in a delve with your character and your sofa and your blankets. And you're all like that. You have cut the light in your room. Hmm. And and then suddenly there's someone else. And you're like, hey, guys, can you help me to kill the boss? Yes, yes, let's go. Blah, blah, blah. It will be awesome. It can be the new World of Warcraft for console, which is something that will never be done ever on a PC again. No PC game can be in World of Warcraft. But on the console, it's possible. I 100% agree with you. 100%. This game will be transformative, especially if they have that inner voice chat built into it. I think we undervalue how important that is. And I'm really excited about the game. I've said it a million times. I saw... now. You know, I may bang on the few, the the you know fluffy bunny ponies and stuff like that. But when I saw that guar, when I saw that guar mount during our ESO viewing party, I lost my shit. And I'm sorry you have to blurt, blurt that out. I lost it. Yes. I was like, I will buy ten of them, goddamn thing. I will like, I will donate plasma to get that. I will like sell a kidney to get these costumes. I will do. I will. I'll go to prostitution. I don't care. I'm getting those <laughs> costumes. 
I'm just gonna have to that entire because... sentence out. When I, s- I saw the Gourmand, I say, oh, a, d- a daddy for, for, for standing in the red circles. I need to have it. And I say, oh my God, I'm so corruptible. <laughs> I slap at me a little bit. Because... Don't tell me you didn't lose it when you saw that. You yeah, lost I, it. Yeah, I, I, I cool off immediately when I saw <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. But I, I think that uh, for now, the PC players will be stuck uh, in a swamp of uh, no new content for a long time, which personally don't bother me. I'm still veteran five and I still have everything to do and I still have not leveled another alt. So for me, it doesn't pose a problem. And for my guilds, mostly except one guy who have ton of alt, um, most of the people are as slow as me and so we will have the time to discover all the content and, and we are behind everyone else anyway, so it's not a big deal. But um, for uh, people like Delta, it's of course a little bit annoying. But if it, the, 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 the revenue are kicking us with the console, we will benefit from it True. too later and and all of this and more this game is successful may it be on console or may it be by selling war and uh, wedding dress <laughs> it doesn't matter because that's will make money for the company and the developers will produce more content and it will be faster and it will be better quality when you remember how world of warcraft was at the start it didn't have so much success and it was uh, very little update and etc. And then it became bigger and there was more fancy stuff and then an armory and then a blah blah and then a this thingy. And all of this can come up if the game is getting money. So it's not a, it's not bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, to end this off, I did want to say one more thing because I think we've we've beat this one around for a little bit and and. Um, Gwyden in chat, and I really like this, is like, it's it's great that the game may become a true hit on console, but it will be at the expense of all the PC players. Hmm. Now, to say that, and I do agree, and I love the game, and yeah, we may benefit in, in the long run, but the issue is, consoles have three MMOs currently that I know of to play. Final Fantasy XIV, Destiny, if you really count Destiny, and to be ESO, they have two. Um, there's a handful of MMOs coming out, you know, for PC, uh, EverQuest Next, uh, Crowfall. There, there, there's a bunch of different ones that are coming in the horizon. Will ESO, and maybe they don't, maybe Zenimax doesn't care about us. You know, we just got done beta testing their game for nine months. <laughs> but... May they don't care. Will they be? Will we reap the benefits before the PC gamers move on? No. Yeah, that, I mean, that's. that's I, the bl- I love that's the blunt this, answer. This this world, I love the lore. Other than Tolkien, it's like my fa- second favorite fantasy world. So I I have a vested interest in this game. But will this buy to play transition benefit PC players in enough time before they move on? And I kind of want to end it as a question there to let people think about it is it worth losing all the pc players for all the console what will happen to the community and the reason why i say what will happen to the community is most of the people that i know that built this great community most of the people who sent me messages were all in the pc community all right we are we are not dead yet (laughs) we're not dead yet 
and we're holding on, but will it They're will still... it be enough to hold us yeah. on long enough before moving on? It's a good question. I mean, just let that we'll end the discussion at that. Let you think about it. And that that question is a good question to end on because it changes from player to player. Deltia's people like Deltia probably the answer is a dead hard no. Dead, but for me personally, no. But yeah, people. Yeah, but like I mean, me. people like you. The they're, they're already looking. They're already looking for different games. Yeah, the casuals. They mean, oh, I don't care. I'll wait around. They're but, like cool gore mount. <laughs> yeah, I like the gore mount, but that's neither here nor there. So think about it and think about that question for you as a player. Is it enough to hold you out? All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is the Tales of Tamriel. Um, they used to have, we have no tales because <laughs> we've had no internet for a week. That was rough. That was, yes, that was. I, I, had, yeah. I, I had to live vicariously through people tweeting about ESO. So that's, that's what I did. Um, but Aloha, how about, how about you go first? Tell us what you did this week. And then Deltia, you'll go after. And I'm really interested to hear about your Emperor run. Oh, okay. Well, this week I mostly focused on making two videos. One video summarized the last ESO Life, the ESO Life 9, and the second one was the ESO Life special. Uh, so it's just a short summary. And in game, I continued my adventure in Gradwoods. I finished it. Um, the zone and I, it's a zone I really like. I realized that I prefer the Almeri Dominion zone actually. I really enjoy the atmosphere and the jungle team and uh, Kinnerty Roots is my favorite zone so far but Gradwood, there was really cool quest in it. I really like it. There was this uh, Argonian quest. Oh, you have not been in the uh, Almeri Dominion zone yet, right? Um, Agelos. Ag Agelos. We are not in the Almari Dominion zone yet, but I did play it during beta pretty extensively because I didn't want to play the AD zones, or not the AD zones, the EP zones. So I actually, I think I played all the way through, not the last zone, Malibu Tour maybe? I can't remember what it was. Uh, okay. Like two or three zones in. Yeah, because I didn't want to spoil you the fun. Oh, um, but <laughs> I, I, yes, it, it's a Argonian. I think about you, and I, I think I've sent the screenshots uh, saying that I think about this, about this quest because it was such a nice Argonian quest of uh, exiled Argonian in in uh, in the Bosmer land and trying to survive there and to be accepted. And so it's really interesting. And for a moment, I had to gore it. So that was cool. I took a screenshot of that too. Um, but yeah, and now I've started Green Shade, and I, I also really like the atmosphere of it. It's very summery, hot, warm, nice. So that's about it. I've done some dungeon with my guild, some fishing in Cyrodiil with my guild, and uh, that's about it. All right. And uh, Deltia, how about you, good sir? Oh, I'm back. Sorry, I had to use the restroom. Um, so as far as what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I had the Emperor run um, two weeks ago, and that went good and bad. I mean, obviously, I didn't get it. I learned a lot about how to get AP, group dynamics, playing solo, and how you really get Emperor. It, it's not the way you think it is, unfortunately. It's not by like who's the best player and that sort of thing. 
you can do it two ways, I found out. One, which is the easiest way, get a really powerful group together that knows what the hell they're doing and kill everyone. Do you do that with basically, that's how the good players get emperor, most of them, with the group, is they just go around and one person's home there, the rest of the team is not. And then all they do is just farm people for the entire night. Monday when it flips, get all the inner keeps, boom, you're emperor. So that's a good way to do it if you have 20 people that are really powerful. If you don't, you can play solo. But the way you have to do it solo is essentially follow the Zerg around, heal, and repair walls. If you repair walls and sit there and do that over and over and over, you will become emperor on a dead server. That's how people are doing it. And about day four or so, I quit just because I was tired and crabby and playing that much. Just It wasn't fun. It became really, really, really not fun. And so I stopped doing that. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot about group play, you know, a lot more about my class and skills. And really that I had no clue on the overall dynamics of Cyrodiil. Meaning, where's the proper way to siege a keep? Why do you go on this door versus that door? Um, what's the point of using a fire ballista versus a trebuchet? Uh, how can you do a 20-20 split? I mean, all these things I was learning on the fly. So it was kind of an arrogant perspective to think I would just come in there and nuke everyone and no one else would, you know, come and rain on my parade. Because believe me, there was quite a few trolls trying to smash me. Um, and that's okay. It was a good learning experience overall. I'm going to wait until I have, you know, a really dynamic, powerful team that we've worked together before. Because if you haven't worked together, you're going to get nuked. I mean, you can't just throw 10 VR-14s together and go, okay, you're going to wreck everyone. You can't. Some of those teams have been playing for a year, a year or more, and not only in this game. So, uh, got smashed, but I learned a lot, and I still love PvP. Uh, second week, which is basically this week, I've just been covering all the latest news and stuff, what's been going on. I completely overhauled my website, made it a lot easier to find the content because that was one of the problems with it. So if you haven't visited my site, deltiesgaming.com, it's a great time to do it. I got a lot of new player guides out. So people that are just joining the game or want to come back, it's a great time to check it out. And what else did I do? Oh yeah, started a character. So I started a character named Delty of the Wildfire, a Dunmer Dragonite vampire pretty soon. <laughs> I figured if I'm going to transfer to consoles, I am going to be the most overpowered ding dong there is. And people say races don't racial don't matter very much. Does <laughs> a Dragonite? <laughs> BS. Dunmer Dragonite. It's just. It's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. So I started that over. The reason being, I want to catalog all my progress throughout the game. So make some like how-to videos, some gameplay videos. People always ask, you know, what skills do you lose 10 to 20? Well, I don't know because I haven't been there before. So I thought this was a good time because there's really not a whole lot of, you know, stuff coming out for us to do like what I've said over and over and over. So for right now, that's what I'm working on. And um, next week will be a lot of PTS, a lot of PTS. Awesome. Definitely. I know I'm going to be hopping on the PTS as well. Yep. All right, guys. Um, it's time for what I know a lot of people have been waiting for, and that is the dramatic reading. Because I, like, I feel like we're doing a book today. A, a <laughs> book that people have been wanting for a while. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, think, I think so. Um, so this week we are doing The Lusty Argonian Maid 
Volume 1. Now, as I said, we have something special planned for this particular thing because people have been waiting for a while for this uh days being uh sick and things like that so we haven't been able to do it we haven't progressed into the books as fast as we wanted so we have a little something special so what what would that be exactly well yours truly will be playing lifts her tail i'll be reading that section and ag will be reading the male section which is crantius colto Mm, so we have a little duo here. Yes. I will say this is a family show. And if you've not read The Lusty Argonian Made before, it's a little suggestive. A little? So if you have impressionable <laughs> children, you may want to not let them listen to this. It's not real long, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like the kids don't know what's going on, but you do. <laughs> So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and we'll take it away with the Lusty Argonian Maid, Volume 1. Act 4, Scene 3, Continued. Certainly not, kind sir. I am here but to clean your chambers. Is that all you've come here for, little one? My chambers? I have no idea what it is you imply, master. I am but a poor Argonian maid. So you are, my dumpling. And a good one at that. Such strong legs and shapely tail. You embarrass me, sir. Fear not. You are safe here with me. I must finish my cleaning, sir. The mistress will have my head if I do not. Cleaning, eh? I have something for you. Here, polish my spear. But it is huge. It could take me all night. Plenty of time, my sweet. Plenty of time. End scene. <laughs> that was volume one of The Lusty Argonian Maid. So uh, come back next week for volume two. That was awesomely reads, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so Argonians. I, I almost lost it when you got to the spear. I love the interpretation of the character. Really well done. <laughs> Well, we wanted to do something special because a lot of people were interested in this book. They wanted to hear us. And I was like, you know, I think it would be kind of fun if we did it like a play. Because everyone that listens to the show knows how, how awesome I am at doing male voices. <laughs> I, I thought it would be interesting. So I suggested it to Thais uh, last week. I said, I know the, the lore books are your section, but I have an idea. Since it's written as a play, what if we act it out? It's <laughs> a good idea. That was, that was good. So we'll be doing yeah. that again for volume two next week. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. We're going to go ahead and we're going to move on to the Guild Corner. And for the Guild Corner, obviously, for those who don't know, Wings of Fate, which is the Tales of Tamriel community guild, is a, is a trade guild now. And, you know, that way you can hang out with some of the community members, uh, chat with us and stuff like that, and also kind of make sure there's a benefit to being in the guild. So we're, we're vying for different trade posts in the world. And one of the ways that we do this is through a weekly guild raffle where people donate 1,000 gold into the guild bank or they send it to myself, whatever, and that earns them one ticket. They can do it as many times as they want. And 
what we do is we randomly take all the names and we pick use random number generator. I throw it on a spreadsheet that everyone can find. You can see your, where you're in, in there. And we pick one random winner, and that winner gets 30% of the total amount of gold earned. Uh, this week, we have raised 63,000 gold, so the winner will receive uh, almost 19k. So, not, not a bad, not a bad thing. We had uh yeah 63 tickets bought and i'm gonna go to good old handy random.org random there we go i'll get it all right and as i said what we do is i just have a spreadsheet you can find it on tales of slash guild there's a link to the spreadsheet so you can see that your ticket was indeed added they're added in order as i receive the ticket so you'll notice like not all your names are together i'll just put in here it's between cell 2 and 64 today and the result is 11 all right back to the handy dandy spreadsheet number 11 is shabib shabib congratulations sir i will send you the money as soon as i get in the game congratulations man you win yay remember we do this every week every sunday after we announce a winner the new guild raffle starts uh, we announce a winner once we hit 50k, so some weeks are longer than others. Depends until we hit 50k. Uh, if you need a trade guild and you want to hang out with us, send a whisper to myself. That's at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, or pretty much anyone in the guild if you know someone else is in the guild. Anyone can invite. So if you have friends and you want to bring them in, great. All right. As I go back. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, let's move on to our emails. We had quite a few emails, like three, and they're all fairly long. So, please go ahead and read through these. All right, this one is from Asteldian. Oh, isn't that isn't that the oh gosh, the British guy. guy? Yes, British guy. Yes. Oh. Wonderful. Hey, Ag and Thais. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I hope you had a great time. I'm catching up on the podcasts and have reached 48. I haven't listened to 49, so this may be obsolete. But after hearing 48, I thought I would throw my thoughts in. You guys seemed a bit depressed, so I wanted to throw some potential positivity for you. Now, obviously, I have no idea what will happen, but here are some reasons why free-to-play may not be inevitable. Six-month sub has stopped, yet those already on it get to stay and repeat pay. If free-to-play was the reason for removing it, those on it should be bumped down. Going free-to-play is no reason to stop six-month subs with the subs they can get some more money short-term, then buy off those with remaining sub-duration with pay for currency, which costs nothing, especially as those loyal enough to be on the six-month subs are the ones most likely to leave come free-to-play, so they won't even spend what they get. Three, not sure Rift did get rid of six-month subs, quite the opposite. They convinced us to buy a year sub to get the expansion free, then went free to play a few months later. Heck, you could argue they scammed us as they must have known they would go free to play. Silence from Zoss. Back when rumors about console cancellation were going about, Bethesda's PR guy stated, We have not announced a release date. Beyond that, I can't comment, as we don't comment on rumors and speculation. From day one, they have ignored all rumors, and that policy has not changed. So silence is par for the course. Not to mention, any denial will be pointless, as people won't believe them anyway. You guys mentioned other games that removed six-month sub. They all... 
also stood up and said, we're not going free to play, don't worry. At least by staying quiet, they are already doing something different to the other games. Five, the flimsy excuse for removing six months. It is a valid excuse, but they only gave part of the story to prevent anger from customers. It is not a popular choice. The full reason would be, it is not a popular choice, therefore we can get rid of it without any real anger from customers. Note anger, not fear, in order to make more money from future customers. See point six below. Six. Zoss are very likely about to announce free trials, probably on the ESO Live on Friday, 16th of January. First for customers who bought, then canceled their sub, then no doubt to the wider world. They are also getting ready for console release. Combining this, their hope is for an influx of players. With this bunch of new players, the longest sub available is three months. They won't mind the six month not being an option because it was gone before they came to sub, so no reason to raise complaint. That means more money coming in. This was, of course, written to us prior to the news coming out, and obviously we know what they had planned. You know, they're going by to play now. Um, and, you know, I think we already kind of beat that like a dead horse, you know, like a hooker in Grand Theft Auto. We beat it pretty bad. Wow, dark. I know, I went there. Um, but like I said, well, all we can hope is they let us keep the subs. We hope the subs, we hope people who love the game will stay with the game and sub, and that will be enough money to, you know, keep the content we like. We hope. So that's our thoughts. I mean, you can listen to all of our episode and you'll hear them. Next up. I'm going to cry reading this one. Arcaneer, greetings. I hope you're all doing great and feeling great. You guys reached episode 50, so there are a few things that I'd like to say. Thank you. Really, thank you guys for the past year. This show and this community means a lot to me, which is why my subscription is still on. Not that ESO is a bad game. ESO is amazing. But I'm not an MMO RPG player. I can't stick to a game this long normally. Anyway, this past year has been really stressful for me. A lot of stuff combined and kept punching me like a Norn who had his share of mead. And adding insomnia to that, I really felt down from time to time. But whenever I reached a point where I felt like I was losing it, this show and the community somehow supported me back to sanity. Either on Twitter, either on Twitter, in the guild, during show, or even random people in-game. I mean, of course my friends do that too, but when someone from the other part of the world, someone from the community that I am also a part of does it, it really matters, whether knowingly or not. So first of all, I especially want to thank you, Thais. Your voice is a calm spell enchantment, and the reading part is one of the few things that can actually lower, even remove, my stress and my anger. Last couple of weeks were extremely stressful, and it was really amazing for you to be there to do the dramatic reading. Favorite part of the show, so thank you. And thank you, Ag and Deltia. You guys are amazing. You two are the reason that I somehow got to be a part of this community. You guys are a great mentor and friend, so thanks. Stay amazing. Well, the fact that Delti is an AD kind of damages the amazingness, but well, lol. <laughs> and for the community, this is being read in the show. Thank you all for being awesome. Stay awesome. To all those people listening right now, please applaud yourselves. Applaud. Cheer. Well, this was from the guy who just survived finals and hasn't slept for over 36 hours, so please excuse any 
inexcusable thing. Is that a word? That is a word. <laughs> I'm just glad that I'm part of this community. Keep being awesome and blood for the pact. Blood for the pact. Arkaneer is like a great f friend of the show. Um, awesome guy. Love him to death. Um, I have like raging pregnancy hormones and it was so hard not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had those raging hormones prior to pregnancy. Oh, that's, yeah. Because that's, that's isn't that anytime you watch a movie, like, that almost made me cry. I'm like, what doesn't, what doesn't? make you yeah, cry? That is, that is your normal comment. Um, Arkaneer is fantastic. I know he was one of the people who convinced me to keep the show going amongst a multitude of others. But like pretty much day one, he was messaging me right off the bat. Um, I, I definitely value his friendship. He's a great guy. And uh, he actually has two websites, Arkaneer's Quest and a gamer, Gamer's Compendium. Um, you should check them out. They were really neat. And part of that's he wanted to be part of the community. And they, that's what he's doing uh, to uh, be part of it. He's amazing. You should check him out. Next up. Next is from Courtney J. You and all the great people that share their experiences on the podcast should stick around during this time of Tamriel in transition and keep us informed. I, probably like you, sank in my seat upon hearing the news. I was approached by a coworker yesterday and he said, ESO is going free to play. Well, this was said by a WoW player and at first, and I at first thought I was having my chain yanked, but he kept his straight face and I knew he wasn't lying, and I entered a state of blue funk for the rest of the day. Regardless, I play this game not to criticize the state of development or play, but for how much enjoyment I am getting out of it. I am getting $15 a month of enjoyment out of it? If I wasn't, if I wasn't, you wouldn't be receiving this email. I don't appreciate how I have been led to believe that this game would be paid to play or would not exist as I believe Zenimax has said. However, we are the end users of a business product and not the real habitants of a world called Tamriel and thus are prone to those business decisions they make to try to keep the product afloat as long as possible. Personally, even as bad of a player I am, I would like to see a few more bodies running around. I want to see that Cyrodiil be made a priority for entry to those who pay the subs. In other words. Oh, in other words, priority access to the front of the queue when one exists. Second, who was the cheapskate at Zenimax who came up with the 100 crowns per month of subscription yeah. that would be reimbursed for our loyalty? I hope that person is Comped. comped at a restaurant with a glass of water for a lousy meal. <laughs> Seriously, Zenimax, you can do us better. I do not believe that the new Paysor will be enough to lift the bottom line enough to make a smashing success to the company. Zenimax is only filling in one part of the profitability equation with warm bodies and only solid gameplay and an outstanding environment will help do the rest. On the lighter side, a special alpha character should be appended to the beginning of all non-sub players' names so they can be easily identified in Cyrodiil. <laughs> Glad you are sticking around. Lots to talk about now and to see if this works for the game. From Winged Moose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were pointing out those abbreviations because I had no idea. What when I were. first saw it, I'm like, what is that? Oh, I get it. Okay. Um, I did want to hit up on this because there are a couple things. I like the idea and other games have done this. Um, Aloha, you'll be able to back me up on this one. Uh, Arcage 
uh, if you're a patron or you pay the sub, you actually get, well, you get in before other people if the world's full. Yes. <clears throat> yes, um, indeed, it's true. Sorry. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea for Cyrodiil to encourage subscription play is that if you're subbed, you can get into Cyrodiil. You're, you have priority access. I think that's a great uh, idea. I don't know. To be honest, what would be a great idea is that there is no queue to enter in Cyrodiil, which <laughs> I have never known. But um, while it's it's fair or kind of, it's it's feel very dirty. It's really unpleasant. It's it's really not pleasant, uh, and and that was something that w felt insulting. Why, even if you understand it, but uh, to have been the one that didn't have the subscription uh, at Arcage launch when you see everyone passing the queue and you never go in the queue. You never go. You stay in the queue during 12 hours because everyone is going in and not, not you. And while it's fair because they have pay. Uh, they have pay a fee, so it would be unfair that they are removed from the queue because there's all those free players that are there. But still, the system feel really bad and ugly. I would prefer they make a, a different campaign in that case. That will feel a bit less less ugly, like you're the peasant or the I don't uh, know. I, just I, like... I completely disagree with you. I think it's a great idea. I mean, it gives a, a PvPer a reason to sub. If they, you know, PvPers really have no reason to sub. No, you have zero reason. And sub and supply and demand's a good thing. Having people wait in line for Apple iPhones surprisingly is good. Having demand and giving people just a, just a little bit under what they need, you'd be surprised what it does for your product. And having a queue is actually a good thing. You want the demand to be high. You don't want to go in Cyrodiil with no queues because guess what? No one's playing it. You want that thing to be jam-packed full. And for me, I think priority queue would be an awesome idea. I actually have to agree with Eloa on here because I've played those games where I was a non-sub person and I had to wait hours to have to do anything. And it's it's not fun. Like if you if you don't have that income, like obviously we do now, but if you don't have that income and you can't do that and you really want to do that that specific that specific event and you can't it it just it sucks it sucks the life out of the game for you when you're you're sad and depressed you don't want to play anymore i i, mm. I don't know i have to agree with aloa it's a double-edged sword but i agree with beltia <laughs> because okay, as man said, versus woman but i agree with him like I did the the uh, Arc Age thing. I tried it out. I was in Alpha, blah blah blah. So I got like like a bunch of Alpha access for free, and it it, it did suck because I'm sitting there like I'm 500 in queue, and I look patron 500 in queue. Man, an hour and a half wait. Non patron 8,000 in queue. Estimated time like oh, <laughs> that that was you know that was pretty rough. But if you're talking about a game like this game is doing this to make money. Right, if you only do PvP, there's no... Like, if they release a DLC for, uh, uh, we'll just say, the Clockwork City, I bet you that's going to be PvE. I don't care. I don't do anything with PvP. I'm not buying it, you know? Um, how how much use are mini pets and, and costumes and stuff like that in PvP? I don't I don't know. I, I think they kind of block costumes, or they might. I, I can't remember. No, no. Well, even so, it's like, if you're only doing PvP... There's no reason for you to sub. 
There's no reason for you to buy crowns. There's no reason for you to do anything, really. Nope. Because even PvP players, honestly, Delta, you can probably... The max majority of PvP players don't care about mounts. They don't care about vanity pets. They just like to smash things. They don't care. going to make you more powerful. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend crowns on on a Gwar pet. I have a horse. It's maxed. I don't care. It's it's fastest speed. That's all I need. You know what I mean? Well, why would you sub? There is is zero incentive if you don't have a priority queue or Mm -hmm. an AP gain advantage. Yeah. And... Which I think is pay to win, but <laughs> I can see that coming in. I really can. I can see 10% AP gained versus non-subs. Oh, yes, they have said that they will explore that. When someone say... Uh, that means they're going to do it. That means yeah. they're going to do it. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, okay. Uh, the other part of the question I want to ask is 100 crowns per month of subscription. Oh, that's complete BS. <laughs> That's BS. But you know it, it is. I do, but again, on the side of Zenimax playing devil's advocate, if they want to make money, if they made it more than that, we'd be able no, to buy everything off their yeah. store without actually having to buy crowns. I think yeah. what they should do is give us a one-year loyalty pet that absolutely no one else can get. You can't buy in the crown store. If they do that, I don't care about the $100 crown, the 100 crowns a month give us a loyalty pet like a black grizzly bear or something that that, no one else can ride with that being said they already did say the people who are subbed for 12 months will get a special mount or well they said they would be able to ride they said a special mount don't star wars it and just sell it one month later i hope not but see the only way like from what i heard is the only way you'd be able to get it is if you were subbed the entire time and that it won't be available to anyone else yeah, but you know how those things work. Two weeks later, uh, they'll sell it. You know, that is that is how things work. But, you know, we would be like, I've been subbed. Thais has been subbed. Like, I did six months each time. I've already done a year. Like, yeah, I have 100 and some nine days left on my thing. But I did six months and then six months. So I have 12 months of sub before it went. So I will actually would be getting that. And I know Delta is the same way. You do, too. I did both of ours. Um but the crowns, basically, they're going to be $1, and we're going to find out next week what they are. Mm-hmm. 100 probably is a dollar, or like 90%. It's going to be a little bit off of a dollar, but it will essentially will be a dollar, I guarantee you. And so they're giving us a reward for subbing. I think it's like 500 a month. I forget what it is. So they're essentially giving you $5 back of your $15 sub fee. Like like Star Wars. It's just basically sure. just like Star Wars. The problem is Star Wars gave you a huge amount for subbing previously. Where this has given you like just... I mean, 100? Dude, that's a little low. I, I don't like that. I do not... That's a slap in the face for your customers. Unless the one-year pet is just absolutely mind-blowingly cool. Right. But then they have to stick to their word and make it that only the people who've been subbing get it and not. Right. But they, uh, I don't want to start bragging on them. I, I love this game. And I love this property. I love the IP. But I can see the business model. Back to Aloha and you guys talking. You know, you saw their face when they had to announce this. Quote, mm-hmm. Paul Sage, we'd rather shut it down than go free to play. End quote. We're going free to play because this is the best thing. I for- swear. Matt Firer and Paul Sage did even look at the camera. Like, their heads were down the entire time. What's up with Paul Sage's shirt, yo? Can I get that as a costume? Yeah. Can we get Paul? Hashtag Paul Sage shirt. Well, hey, you know what they said? They've already went back on the word a couple times. He said there would never be a Paul Sage pet. Well, maybe there will be now in the ground store. Oh, there will Uh be a Paul Sage mini pet. 
they've done better than other games, but now start it's like, all right, guys, all well, right, let's no, not. No. They've done better than other games, but we've also quote unquote blindly followed. Now we're starting to see, and I have faith in them, but they now have to. You know, I'm I won't white knight as much as I did before. They now have to prove that they are the best developers out there. I have hope they are, but they now have to prove it because my face's a little shaken. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's do our final thoughts for this show. Um, yeah, because Shepard's getting, getting... Yeah, out. yeah, right? It, this has been a fairly long episode, and um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thais, you, you get the honor of going first. Give us your final thoughts for this episode. And... I just want to mention one thing. If anyone here, if anyone heard like a thump, it's from his cat falling asleep and hitting her head on the desk. <laughs> just had to point that out. Great show. Kind of... Kind of, kind of an emotional episode, you know. Like lots of, lots of interesting things. I, I, I am kind of excited to see what they bring to the cash up in the future. I oh yeah, you're gonna buy stuff. Oh, I know. I am, I am like the worst buy to play, free to play person because I, I, I will buy anything. If it sparkles, if it's pretty, the guar mail, I'm gonna want like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch of guar. There's like five different kinds at launch. I'm so. gonna need each color. They're all gonna have their own names. It's it's <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I mean, it's sad that it's going with this model, but it'll be fun. So it's it's good. And the reading, I can't wait to do next week's. <laughs> that was I bet fun. it's gonna be even even more. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Aloha, how about you? Um, thank you very much for having visited me. Uh, I really wanted to discuss about this, and I thank you to have given me the occasion to discuss uh, with you guys about this subject. Um, I'm not despaired, and I'm kind of hopeful. I I think we need to be patient, but I'm someone very patient, so it's not a problem for me. Um, but I have the feeling that we might have, I'm kind of excited about what we will have as download pack. What will they imagine? Uh, what will we get if we will get new dungeon, new stuff like this? And I really hope uh, that their main revenue will come from this. So they will uh, feel encouraged and forced to offer good content. Um, a buy-to-play model is something where you're, I feel a bit insecure because you, you can always think that uh, the company will slip into a greedy stage step by step and years after years. But it can also be the occasion for Zenimax to flourish and to see the Elder Scroll Online going out and have the success that it deserves and that we will uh, get back the fruit of our efforts and our faithfulness and loyalty. Excellent. And Deltia, good sir, tell us your final thoughts. Um, you know, businesses aren't charities. There's called profit and non-profit type of business. And this is a for-profit business. They ultimately have to do what's best for the business. I'm personally excited about it. I think it will give a lot more people access to a game that we know and love. And yeah, I was a little, you know, taken aback when they announced it, even though we saw this coming. You know, the developers are good. And the pay-to-win stuff, as long as that's not in the game, and yes, I know a little bit of it will be, don't make it 15% more experience. Don't make it 20% more AP as a sub. Don't do that sort of stuff. Make all the fluffy bunny pets you want. 
great. I'll buy them. I probably will. I'll probably make videos on them and just be happier than a pig and you know what. But at the same time, keep the integrity of the game strong and I'll be around for a very long time. Excellent thoughts. Um, I do want to thank all my co-hosts for joining me this evening. You guys are great. Uh, definitely come back next week. We have more special guests lined up. Um, as long as nothing changes, we have Nate uh, Langson. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Coming on next week. Uh, I guess that's he, your that's your uh, that's your you're, you're a fanboy of Nate, my, right? My, I you know. Uh, we weren't sure if Thais was actually going to be here this week, so I, I uh, invited him for next week because he wanted to hop on, but she would absolutely kill me if I had a British guy on the show and she wasn't here. I, I would. That's true. Yeah. Yep. So he, tentatively, he's going to be on next week. That'll be exciting, and we may have uh, a few more guest hosts on as well. We'll have to see. I have a few people who wanted to come on, and I'll have to work with them. Um, so it should be a good show next week as well. Follow us then. Um, as for my final thoughts, I'm, I'm dead against this and you guys know I am. I mean, when I got into like Guild Wars 2 as a buy to play game, I knew what I was kind of, well, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I can't blame them for the type of content because I bought into it, you know, and they didn't offer the content that they had. And they, and they said that time and time again, I just refused to believe. But now I'm I'm scared for the game that I do love, and I like to look as myself as I am hopeful that they will prove me wrong and be amazing, but I'm planning for the worst, praying for the best, planning for the worst just in case because, you know, I don't want to be devastated yet again, but I do have... Like, if any company could do this, make a buy-to-play transition and it'd be better than the sub, I believe these guys could do it. As long as they value content over cash. I know as a business it's rough, but they need to develop content before they waste a lot of things on Sparkle Ponies. Sparkle Ponies are fine, but there's got to be a balance between when you release meaningful content and when you try to get your $5 from everyone for a Sparkle Guar. That's how it needs to be. So those are my thoughts. Definitely come back. We will continue to cover and talk about ESO, the game that we love, for at least the foreseeable future until we're proven right or wrong. Um, I, I do want to. Oh, okay, I do want to say thank you so much for everyone listening. If you feel free to want to help support the podcast you can feel feel free to donate via the paypal link on our website you can use the amazon link off of our website as well or tell a friend about us um with that being said i do want to say one more thing we are now making a new network called the dungeon crawler network you can visit the website there which is dungeoncrawlernetwork.com we have a new youtube page as well um you can find it off of our tales of tamriel all the videos are there are now transferred over. I just need to finish editing them up and, and get them over there. So if you haven't subscribed to that, please do so. For the time being, I'm going to be uploading the videos on both the Tales of Tamriel YouTube and the Dungeon Crawler Network um, with annotations pointing towards Dungeon Crawler, and that will continue for a little bit until I see that most of our subscribers are over on the other one. Then they will cease on Tales of Tamriel uh, YouTube for now because we're going under a blanket network going forward. 
So feel free to rate and subscribe to us uh, on iTunes. Check out the new website. It's not done yet, but it's getting there. Subscribe to us on the new YouTube page and check out the new, uh, new website. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel. Have a good night, everybody.